0: What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to episode twenty of the Low Life Chopper Podcast. Ooh, that was sultry. I like
1: that one. <laughs> that was that was smooth. Like yeah. Jameson. Yeah. Fucking crushed it. Yikes. <laughs> and now we're back on track. I'm fucking this shit up.
2: I've been informed that because of the limiters we have on these tracks, that doesn't hurt people's ears. You guys are yours. Up. It hurts my ears in the headphones. It sounds sounds <laughs> atrocious. I love it. Uh, welcome, motherfuckers, to episode 20. Fucking pumped to have you guys listening. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. This week... Yeah, buddy. We got all <laughs> the same sponsors you already heard of, but you're going to hear about them again. Let's we hear. appreciate them. Run it. Fuck it, run it. Hey, right? <laughs> Let's kick it off with him. Famous for nothing, Mr. Fuck It, Run It himself. Motherfucker, Florida, you. boys. Just threw some of those fucking stickers into that giveaway pack. I had to fight the temptation to stick them here in the studio but we did the right thing we threw them in the pack like we said we would we got B3 Babes Bikes and Beards still doing their thing out in Chelsea Massachusetts we've got chopshit.com chicken fried Rick my wife calls him chicken fried Rick every time <laughs> never just calls him chicken Rick
0: chicken fried Rick
2: first middle last they <laughs> <laughs> go way back uh, we got Fatman Custom Motors joined us last week for a killer fucking episode. The homie, hooking it up. If you guys didn't check that episode out, you need to go back and listen to it. Some fucking killer tips for people out there. Anybody trying to break into the field is wrench, you're going to want to hear what he's got to say. Anybody not wanting to break out the wrenches because you suck at building motors, you're going to want to send your motor his way. Either way, there's something for you to check out in that episode. Yes, sir. And
0: you can order parts, on. That's the one motor my lift is through.
2: I did not know that.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: Learn something new every day.
0: how motherfucking yeah. fat man, the motherfucking homie for the <laughs> SNF fucking lift is motherfucking. <laughs> hold <laughs> it, hold it, today.
2: <laughs> and we're off the rails already, boys. I love it. And then last but not least, crazy motherfucking customs. Yay,
0: hey, motherfucking Eric. That's right. I can't wait to hear this motherfucking story this weekend. I know, yeah. We
1: gotta hear from Maddie. He's totally kept that shit under wraps. He so. put a fucking blasted on Instagram. Yeah, but he's not telling anyone where the fuck he went. He went to a fucking gay porno shoot.
2: Oh. Next to the Thirsty Whale. Mm-hmm. He's <laughs> he, he went straight to the Thirsty Whale. It's fucking oh, hashtag okay. Maddie and the Thirsty Whale. Handed in his papers and he's like, I'm off to the whale. You know where to find me? You know what? It it's actually so called to the it's actually to Thirsty Maddie now. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, Maddie, we love you. So I think that wraps up the sponsor section, and we'll just say it quickly like we always do. Big thank you to all the supporters that hop on, hop on that page. Uh, Anchor.fm slash lowlifechopperpodcast slash support. Appreciate you guys jumping on there. Honestly, makes a huge difference. If you took the time to go do it because you like content that we bring to you, That's fucking awesome. And if you haven't done it yet, go do it. You know, throw a dollar, throw five bucks. It helps. Every little bit helps for us to keep making these podcasts. Next thing that money's going to, I'd say studio equipment. We need that we need that fucking. Next thing we're doing is to fucking make a Willy. What's that? <laughs> what
1: the fuck is Make-A-Willie? <laughs> Fucking Google
2: that shit, motherfuckers. I'm scared to. Check it out. The no, last time I,
1: someone said Google something, it was blue waffles.
0: Yeah, I
2: don't. Oh, boy. No,
1: I, dude, That was horrible. Listen, go to
2: the public library, Google
0: it there, just
1: in case it's bad.
0: <laughs> Google the Make-A-Willie. You can get the Loctite, Grease, or CP edition.
2: Oh, nice. Oh, I, now I get it. <laughs> 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 All right, oh, so hey. Fuck. We have a killer fucking show for you guys this week. Shout out. <laughs> In a minute. <laughs> uh, we're going to be going over close calls, full-on crash stories, bike superstitions, and before we even get into all of that, we're going to be taking a call from, and you might recognize this company because they probably built part of your bike Voodoo Vintage is going to be calling in makers of fantastic frames, front ends, and a million other fucking parts. Killer fucking fabrication business. We're going to be talking with them tonight, so we're super fucking pumped about that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Rick!
0: <laughs> uh, shout outs. You got, motherfuckers got any shout outs to anybody? I'm very antisocial, so I do not God. have any. Yeah, I have no friends. Who fucking guys? <laughs> All right. So I'll do my first shout out. Motherfucking crown town choppers from fucking Corona, California, motherfuckers. Ooh, chat with him a little bit. Um, so yeah, whatever. Hit him up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great
2: show. <laughs> up. What's he ride?
0: Uh, I don't even know what he rides. Honestly, oh, a motorcycle. Ooh,
2: oh. shots fired.
0: Yikes.
2: Uh, who else we got? Wait, what part of Cali? Corona. Is that a real thing? Yeah, where's that?
0: I don't know. Probably in Mexico.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, because it matters when it's California. Because it's like if you think about it, they're the uh, whole coast. So like he's got people. a fuckload
0: of pictures of Born Free. So maybe he's close to wherever the fuck that is.
2: You know what I mean? They're like somebody being in California. Yeah, could, could like, have a full riding, could have a twenty-four or three sixty-five riding season, hey, or they could have winter. Just say no. Nobody fucking cares about geography. Yeah, but it matters to like is. it <laughs> Fuck it. It's a different between <coughs>
0: us Florida on. What else you got <laughs> uh, Shout out to motherfucking Skeeterbilt <laughs> Fucking uh, hitting us out from Arizona uh, Shout out to Hellbilly Underscore 816
2: Yikes, did yeah. we talk to him about the underscores
0: Letting the motherfucking know That you can buy fucking Tanks for your fucking gas for your welders Motherfuckers Fucking lies uh, <laughs> I gotta block
2: that account Let's see, who else do we got here uh, Can you just send us a tank Hellbilly So that I don't have to figure out Who around me Is gonna sell me this tank
0: Anyways uh,
2: Shout out to Peter
0: hates hey everyone No underscores Yeah dude That's was, that was fucking <laughs> From great From fucking name. San Antonio, Texas Let us know that him and all his homies Are fucking listening to the podcast While they're building their chops
2: He was saying that that He's like expect a bump In the fucking San Antonio yeah. region Yep. And
0: Last but not least Shout out to fucking Everprint Motherfucking Clint You guys might know him from fucking Hard Times Um, He's hooking us up with the hoodies That you motherfuckers should have already pre-ordered by now If you haven't Hurry the fuck up Because that shit is ending on motherfucking Friday night After you hear this shit Yeah, Friday night
2: motherfuckers So when this is hitting your ears Friday You you order it today Or you don't get one You don't get one We're literally doing it We did it one week Taking all the pre-orders Friday night at midnight, we take all the orders we have, we send them over to Clint, who also, I believe, is the guy behind New Tradition out there in Worcester. Oh, shit. Fucking killer dude. Motherfucker. Um, We take all the orders, we send them to Clint, he's printing them up. If you hit us up on Saturday morning like, dude, I was working late on Friday, not getting a hoodie. We got to cut the fucking shit off. That was We're going to do the more way. merch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, that's the way it works. We got to pre-order. Motherfuckers
0: got to pay attention. That's it. Pay the motherfucker attention.
1: You just fight
2: those levels. That was great.
0: Yeah, he I, saw it from way I'm over about there. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm
2: You guys want to test that fucking limiter, huh? That's all I got, man. Perfect. So Awesome. So let's, uh, let's kick it, it off with... Uh, a quick call from Voodoo Vintage. We're gonna play that for you right now. Michael speaking. Hey Michael, this is the Low Life Chopper Podcast. How's it going, man?
3: Too bad. How about yourself?
2: I'm doing pretty good. So you are uh, you got a, a minute? Is this still a good time?
4: Yeah, yeah,
2: I've, I've got a few. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for taking the time, man. You are uh, on speaker right now with uh, this grease speaking CP and Loctite. We are uh, all here in the studio.
3: Awesome, awesome. I uh, I spoke with CP uh, a little bit over the last couple of days.
1: Yep. Yeah, you uh, you're working on that uh, XS today, right?
2: Loctite, that phone's louder. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. The-
3: that poor bike needed to rewire for the third time.
2: Oh, man. I feel like you and I are going to have a lot to talk about because I'm in the same boat.
3: <laughs> well, this is the last one it's going to need.
2: <laughs> I feel like this is also a familiar thing.
3: <laughs> but you've got well, a lot more. I didn't, I didn't do the first two. Uh, it, it came to me here, uh, here a while back, and I just started over, absolutely yanked everything out.
2: Gotcha, so you gutted the whole thing.
3: Yeah, gutted it, absolutely.
2: Nice. Well, hey, we're, let's get into all of it. Um, and let, I think uh, the best way to kick it off, and we'll, dive, we'll definitely dive down into that, but can you give us a little introduction on how you got into motorcycles in general?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, geez. Um, I remember... Like my friends from way back when in the 80s, I think I was maybe 12. Before I was 12, they all had motorcycles. And I begged my dad for a motorcycle. Um, what I wound up with was a summer of work and chores on a small farm. And at the end of the summer, I got a mini bike.
2: Oh, what kind of mini bike?
3: I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't even know. I think it was green. Um, I do remember everybody rode that thing. We rode the snot out of that thing.
2: This yeah. is when you were twelve, right? You're saying so you were the first person that to, to have like a motorized two wheel vehicle.
3: I was like one of the last ones, but uh, all my all my friends had them. I, I hung around with older friends, so they. They all had, like, real motorcycles, like 125s and 75s and 80s and, um, and 250s. And I had this little five-horse Briggs and Stratton. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but, but I rode the snot out of that thing, man. It was awesome.
2: Oh, hell yeah. That's fucking sweet. So you started yeah. with that. You're riding around with all your friends. They've got bigger bikes. When did you make that jump? To something more close to what they were riding.
3: Um, I think. Let's see here. I remember another summer, I had a broken bike. Man, oh, this still burns me to this day. It was a mint condition Honda Elsinore 250. Absolutely mint. Uh, my my uncle's brother in law had it. He downshifted it, and it would never start again. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: man. Killed it on the downshift. It was just something so so stupid. He broke a keyway, I believe. And I worked my ass off mowing my uncle's yard all summer for that damn thing. And it was a big yard, man. It took me all weekend to push mow this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So so I finally, man, I I get this bike. I get it back home. I can almost get it to fire. I think I was like maybe 15 at the time. Yeah, I didn't have a driver's license. So I would like beg my aunt to come. Take me down to into town, 10, 15 miles away, to go get a to go to North End Cycle and try and figure out what was going on with this because we didn't have internet at the time, right? Right. So I wound up never eating, riding this bike. I wound up trading the damn thing. Fuck. Yeah, that fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, if I know now about that bike, I mean, who wouldn't want a, an Elsinore 250, man?
2: Right? You know?
3: Yeah. So I wound up trading that damn thing. I think I wound up with like a Kawasaki 440, mostly dirt bike stuff, man. um The hell! Oh, I had a DT 400 from Yamaha, the single cylinder two cycle.
2: Team Yamaha.
3: Yeah, love it, I love a, it. The Yamaha, yeah. That's and I hill-climbed with that one on a stock frame.
2: That's wow. badass.
3: Yeah, yeah. My first <laughs> attempt, I made it to the right up to the first jump, and the bike just kind of like stalled, and I was like, what the... And then it lit up and flipped straight over my head.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And then my next attempt, I made it up the hill, but... And since I was so smart, I was going to put as little gas in it as I could to make it up the hill, you know, to get my best time being an amateur at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I ran out of fucking gas, went back down the hill, firmly planted my leg, and my knees swolled up like some stupid, man. I jacked my knee bad. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. And down assholes and elbows, me and the bike went back down the hill. It was awesome.
2: So is that a thing? Like you, you put a, a, the theory being you would put as little gas in as possible so that it'd be going faster.
3: Yeah, I was trying to shed as much weight as I could on this stock bike. I mean, but like,
2: I don't know is what that a thing? I was thinking. Like, do people do that, <laughs> or is was this just like a, a new idea for you, for you I, to be like, I'm gonna do this?
3: I imagine if you had a bigger tank, like on the drag strip, you would just use as much as you needed to get down. I mean, if you're splitting, you know. Uh, tenths of a second sure That's true. every pound, every pound counts right yeah.
2: absolutely makes sense yeah you
3: wouldn't throw my yeah. fat ass on the
2: bike <laughs> yeah right it sounds like we all gotta hit the gym before we do any of this <laughs>
3: <laughs> well you know being since I was running the amateur class and there was only like five of us in there in the 400 class it wouldn't have mattered a shit if I'd filled it or not it was
2: <laughs> <laughs> but then you wouldn't have the story
3: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I may have overthought that one a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we kind of jumped a little bit of a gap there that I want to delve down into there because the first bike you were saying you've got this bike had something wrong with it when somebody downshifted it and you were like, oh, we'll bring it to this place to shift or to figure out what uh, what had gone wrong with it, and then now to you in the hill climb story, it sounds like you're already competent with working on the bikes can you kind of take us into where you acquired the skill set to actually be working on your bikes like that
3: oh i was actually see here i've always been kind of a gearhead like i remember being really young and my dad would he'd make me handle the wrenches under the car you know because we were just average folks we didn't take our cars and get them fixed we did it right my dad i knew how to put wrenches back in order and i knew the wrench sizes when i was like
2: eight, nine. That's um, awesome.
3: You know, because dad would have me clean them, too, and then put them back the way they came out. Um, so I knew that, and I always had an interest in automobiles, and I did, like, small engines in high school, and then I went and auto shop, and then I did a career center and auto shop, but I really hadn't played with bikes a whole lot. I mean, I did, but I didn't. You know, just basic stuff. Yep. And it really wasn't until... Man, I think I was in my thirties. That I got into a bike shop and I just was hanging out at this guy's shop. It was a small little place and I wouldn't leave. <laughs> so <laughs> So I didn't really know good etiquette, you know, in the bike shop in a shop, you know, and guys the guy's like, Look, dude, you're eating up my time. If you're just gonna be here, hand me a fucking rancher, sweep the floor. He says he's like, I'm losing money and I'm like, Oh, my bad <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> so I just started handing him wrenches, and and once I really seen what was going on, you know, he'd cranked open a couple uh, um Evos and twin cams and shit. I was like, uh, there ain't nothing in there to be afraid of.
2: Especially so, coming uh, back from cars, yeah. I can imagine it would probably be simpler.
3: Yeah, I mean, it all applies. An engine's an engine, right? Suck, bang, blow, go. It's it's all it, <laughs> That's all it is. True. Uh, Just a little bit different format. Um, So I actually, I did, I did go to college for automotive and diesel repair and did that shit nine months professionally and fucking hated it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I just fucking hated it. I quit. I went to industrial maintenance, um, which, which I really liked. And then the industrial maintenance got me more into how to use an acetylene torch and fabrication, and mills, and lathes, and R&D, and molds, and shit like that. It, it was just a big rabbit hole, man.
2: Oh, I can imagine. So, it was basically, when you say got into that, there's, like you took, there was an apprenticeship to do something like that?
3: Oh, at the bike shop?
2: Yeah, oh, or, oh. well, yeah, I guess at the bike shop, but then also you said you had jumped into the um, industrial repair side of things so when you start um, I'm not quite sure the order that it had gone and did you work at that bike shop
3: I did wind up working at that bike shop I did I did the automotive stuff for nine months after graduating college and then I hated it so I went into industrial maintenance and that lasted a few years like eight or nine years
2: that's a that's (laughs) that's more than I thought when you said a few yeah
3: yeah yeah and you know but I would started riding bikes in that time um and just doing little simple stuff, but it wasn't until later, like into my thirties, when when I actually got in at that bike shop, I just wouldn't go away, and I wound up like the owner didn't pay me, but he let me use a stall and get my parts at cost, and if he needed something done, well, I'd do it. So it was it was a good trade. I mean, he wasn't paying me, but man, the the shit I learned was amazing.
2: Oh, absolutely. I can I can only imagine. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So you were kind of, you came into that shop and you had worked your way from somebody that was hanging around to actually working on the bikes. Yes, yes. So,
3: you know, if he needed an oil change done or brakes done or tire change done on a customer's stuff, no problem, man. Get on there and go. And then, you know, once the fires were kind of put out for the day, then I could work on my own bike.
2: Okay. And this is while you were working industrial repair?
3: Actually, I kind of quit industrial repair and went to railroading. So I was. Oh, man.
2: You got, you got a very diverse background here.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wound up. Um, I finally got out of that game. Um, all my family's in the railroad, but I really couldn't get into the railroad because um, I really drank too much and I. <laughs> much. <laughs> so it was kind of not an option for me. I couldn't pass a drug test to save my ass. <laughs> at that
2: time. our listeners and, are going to love this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: so I wound up I, I just started drinking more is what I did because you know drinking as a uh, railroaders are you know a drinking man's profession so I wound up just drinking like crazy and then I got back into drugs for Christ's sakes and kind of the bad crowd with motorcycle guys and stuff and sure. um, you know, it was kind of cool because motorcycles got me into all this shit And my love of bikes got me out of it. Got me sober and clean and and, and in my own shop. It's fucking amazing.
2: Damn. So, like, take us more through how that came about. From, you know, you're leaving one career, looking to go into railroading, and then eventually come out on the other side sober and owning a bike shop. What... (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely it's not the uh point a to point b career path that some people <laughs> follow you know going to a school and coming out so right like, like well, how did that all fall into place for you
3: well it, it's kind of I, I started working on that when i when i sobered up i started working at that bike shop and i was I was over in Elkhart, Indiana, um, you know, where they make all the trailers.
2: Yep. Actually, <laughs> yep. I make trailers yep. for a living. Yep. And I know yep. that place. <laughs> I know that place very well.
3: Ah, yeah. Yep. So, you know, trailers, meth, alcohol, shit like that. You know, that's what they do over there. <laughs> Good old Indiana. <laughs> yep. Good old Elkhart, Indiana. And, you know, and I just felt like I really needed a, a do-over in life. So I, I transferred with the railroad over to the Chicago area. Um, I was dating a girl, we agreed that, you know, we were just going to shack up, no kids, she was an airline attendant, so she, like, transferred out from L.A. to Chicago, and I transferred from Elkhart to Chicago, and, like, three months into it, she was, like, flapping her arms saying, I want kids in marriage, and I was like, whoa, you gotta go, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, this, this is over right now, um, not happening. Um, so I kind of I met my my current wife now on um, on a dating app, and we kind of got together with all that business. And motorcycles was still in in the uh, in everything. You know, I was still sure. Yeah, I, I was involved. Actually, my buddy called me from Michigan, and he took his bike to a shop. They totally stripped it, charged him two grand, and didn't do anything to it. Just stripped it. Oh, that's heartbreaking Sweet. to hear about. Yeah, that was shitty. So he drove down one night. He took his road glide, his first brand new bike he'd ever bought in his life, brought it down to me. Um, I had like 19 boxes of parts and a frame with the engine in it and trans. Oh my god. So, so I put his whole bike back together for him, um, got everything painted flat black. Uh, Powder coated everything, updated the wheels on it, um, did all that stuff. for I need an air compressor. That's all I charged him for. For it, right?
2: Yep, just to be able to get the. And so, when you were doing this, were you doing this out of your own house at this point, or you're still doing this out of that bike shop?
3: I actually did that out of my house in that little place I was renting. I just met my current wife at the time, and she was just digging <laughs> what I was doing, and we wound up moving in together. Um, That bike went down to Mexico. Um, So we wound up moving in together, and uh, it kind of started with, I had told her, I said, man, if I had a lady, I could make my own wheel spacers for this crazy XS I have out here. And I showed her a Craigslist ad, and it was a retired machinist that had passed away. Yep. And his wife was selling all of his stuff. So he had this little bitty um, benchtop mill. Sure. And a little nine-inch lathe, south-bend. And and a lot of gear for it, man. Like a lot of tooling. So I, I showed her all this stuff. It was like 3700 and I told her, I said, oh, man, this would be great. I could make wheel spacers with this. Sure. I, I said, well, I don't have 3700 She says, oh, I do. I was wow. like, what? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want it, let's go get it. And that,
2: is game, man? that is love right there. Holy cow. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we're just dating. I'm like, are you fucking serious? And she's like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go talk to him. So this whole thing just kind of started with, I want to lay to do fucking wheel spaces with. <laughs> 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 that was like the official beginning of the shop. Um, and and with the previous build I just did for my buddy. Um, <laughs> so, so we... We went and bought that, and we're walking out of the driveway after we made the deal, and she says, Hey, do you know how to use this? I said, Fuck, I don't have a clue. <laughs> 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 I've never used a lathe before. I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. So uh, so that was kind of the beginning of it. Um, so I rode that bike. I rode, I got that XS together. I made my wheel spacers, yep. and I got that bike together. It had the Mike's XS um, Elephant feet in it, the tappet adjusters?
2: Yes, yes.
3: And oh my god, it threw one of them, I almost put it right through the top of the rocker box. Oh shit. Yeah. So that night, I'm supposed to leave to go out on the long road ride through flatback productions, flat black productions. Yeah. Edge puts on? Yeah. Yeah, that that winds out at the smoke out. Well, I've been doing this ride for a few years and, and I wanted to take my fucking Roxy, the 650 chop I had so the night before this happened on a test ride I hadn't even rode this thing 10-20 miles and I'm going to take it on a thousand mile trip
2: <laughs> that's ballsy right there
3: fuck yeah it's ballsy so so I get this bike together and get it out on the run and I'm like hell yeah it's running good son of a bitch it throws that I called Napa they say yeah we can have that here like tomorrow early so I'm like 9 oh o'clock so as soon as they opened up I'd that engine out on the bench. It was, I took it out, put it on the bench. My wife was like, you're fucking nuts. I'm like, yep, I'm doing it though.
2: Oh, this happened, to, uh, sorry, to back up here in the story. This, ha- yeah. it threw this shit at home.
3: Yeah, I was still doing this shit out of my garage.
2: Oh, I thought you were on the road in, let's just, you pull, you found a Napa that's like, yeah, I've got this.
3: Oh, oh, no, that, that happened like the night before. Like I just got this bike kind of half-assed together and rolling. And I said, fuck it, I'm going to take it on this ride,
2: man. Um, gotcha. Uh, okay. So you just yeah. threw that shit, and then you get the part the next morning, and you're like, yeah, as soon as that part gets here, I'm going to <coughs> drive a 1,000 miles on this thing.
3: Yeah. So I put them new tab- new tappets in there. You can get them um, out of a Porsche. Or not a Porsche. I think a Porsche and a VW, an air-cooled VW.
2: Yeah, I have it's VW funny. Beetle wires on my XS for my spark plugs.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. So the VW shit... Those uh, those lifters, the tappet adjusters, fit in there. So I got a set of those from the NAPA, put them in that engine, set my valve, stuffed that fucker of engine back in there, and had that bitch packed up ready to roll. And I rolled out that night.
2: Fucking a man of faith. I like it.
3: Oh, well, you know what they say on the long road? If you don't finish building your chop before the ride, just do it along the ride, because that's what I fucking did. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! I feel like there's a lot of people listening to this right now that can relate to that sentiment.
3: Oh man, I I had a fire underneath my seat the first night at camp. Um, oh, you're, so you're fire. camping
2: on these on this trip?
3: What? Well, what's that?
2: You say you're camping along the way on this trip?
3: Yeah, yeah. We ride, we camp. We ride, we camp, and you know you got to like meet these checkpoints every night.
2: Oh man, so, now we got a whole separate thing to go down because we did a whole episode um, way back when we first started this podcast about camping and riding and uh, what to bring. So, could, if you could give us just a quick overview when you were going on this trip, what did you bring with you to sleep in, on, and make that shit comfortable?
3: Um, A sleeping bag and I use my leather coat as a pillow and a small one-man tent that I could just wiggle myself in like a small cocoon.
2: There you go. The sniper tent. Nice. Very minimal.
3: Yeah, I made room for tools. That was my main concern because I needed every one of them, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Based on the start
2: of this story, I believe it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the first night I had a small fire underneath my seat I kept having electrical problems because, man, my electrical game fucking sucked at that time. It sucked. So, I kept having electrical problems. I remember I didn't change my clothes for three days because I was all the time working on this bike, pulled over on the side of the road. At night, um, I missed a dinner meal because I didn't have wheels to go anywhere. And my friend was pretty pissed at me about that because I got to feed the ogre. Um and then oh what was that same night oh my fucking gas tank mounts broke so we were out there visit some campground and actually there were some oil riggers there yep. and they fired up the fucking welder and we welded that bitch full of gas on the bike
2: <laughs> Jesus <laughs> he's
1: like well fuck it if it's gonna explode this is how it's gonna go <laughs> hey fuck
3: it man you know ride or die
2: <laughs> damn those oil riggers are ballsy too
3: now yeah. I know who to yeah, look we, for we have- if I ever break down We had some, like, wet rags around it and shit and just just tacked them on right there where the weld had broken at. And they were like, man, we were all sweating balls on that weld, but... If you're doing it it out in the field...
2: (laughs) So that's a fucking stick weld, then.
3: Yeah, it was a stick weld.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking stick weld in the tank. I love it, dude.
3: Fuck yeah, it was a stick weld, man. There were sparks and shit flying everywhere. I got a couple photos of it, man. It was awesome.
2: Now, I gotta ask, just because of the The willingness of somebody to do something like that to help out, I have to ask, what year was this?
3: This was, what was that, right? You
2: can ballpark it. It doesn't have to be exact. I'm just wondering, is this any time recently that somebody was like, yeah, I'll fucking stick well near this gas? Yeah,
3: within the last six years or so. Wow.
2: Uh, I thought it was going to be way back.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it was like within the last six years now, Those are some pretty cool dudes, you know, we all rode in on the bikes and they were checking out our shit, you know, and, and I'm like, man, my shit's broke. You got a welder? And um, <laughs> they were like, fuck yeah, we do. So they, they hooked me up, man.
2: That's probably the best part of their day, too. They're just so fucking tired of doing the same shit. And they're like, yeah, fucking I'd love to weld a motorcycle right now.
3: <laughs> Bring yeah, it over. Yeah. yeah, they were happy to help out. Oh, fuck. What else happened on that ride? Oh, I was, man, the bike was running like a fucking champ. Finally. I think we are up in Pennsylvania by this time. And the bike was just running like a fucking champ. We was up in the mountains. You were coming from where
2: to? Sorry, just remind us. You came from where to that area?
3: Uh, Hmm. Chicago down to Indiana. And then we cut over to Pennsylvania. And we were going down like, fuck, I don't know, Kentucky, I think.
2: Damn. So you've already put some serious fucking miles in on this like uh, halfway ready for this trip bike.
3: I did 3,000 that year. Wow! In, in ten days,
2: yeah, that's fucking crazy. That's across the country. That's ba- that, that's the distance, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah, the basically. Little, yeah. Um I rode back from South Car- from Rockingham, South Carolina to Chicago that Sunday, so I did that in one day.
2: Uh, and this is all on the fucking 650. People talk shit about the 650, but like, damn, three thousand miles in ten days. You made that shit
3: work. Yeah, yeah, and 800 of it was in one day. And I was skirting a fucking serious thunderstorm, and I about got clipped by uh, two deer um, on that same trip. I don't know if it was snot or piss on my saddlebag, but the deer wet it.
2: <laughs> that is fucking wild.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was a good run, man. So I had this fucking crazy thunderstorm going, and and I rolled in, man. Holy fuck! And, and that's in an Amen Savior frame.
2: Oh, so you got like the uh the like the bouncy rear end there, right?
3: Yeah, the Pogo stick. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Those, those are cool. I don't brands. see those
2: anymore. Do they still make them?
3: No, they don't make them, but I'm I'm hoping to bring those back.
2: That would be fucking cool because that shit was so unique. When you'd see people Even now you still see people selling them on Craigslist and it's and just it, like it in ha- the the prices they're asking are through the roof and then half of people don't even know what that is and they're like so I don't even know I don't know if there's any sort of second hand market for it, but I can guarantee there'd be people nowadays that'd be interested in buying one if somebody was able to make it.
3: theres There's a couple problems with it. Um, and most of it is due to poor setup when you act, when you set that up. Um, they, they say that well the wheel binds and kind of torques through the corners and that but you know if it's properly lubricated and set up right and your chains tension, you're not going to have that shit.
2: So, if you just for the listeners, um, could you give a, a brief explanation of what is going on with this frame for anybody that hasn't heard of an Amen Save Your Frame?
3: It is basically a man. What I want to say, it's like like your old front ends that have the exposed coil springs up front. It's basically the same thing in the back. Yeah, so your axle your axle runs through it. And then it has two uprights with a large spring set on top and a small spring set on the bottom. And when you're riding it and you go over like a bridge abutment, you get about three good bounces out of it. It's basically a pogo stick.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. It basically looks like springs above and below your rear axle, yes. like built into yep. the frame or mm-hmm. the act built into the uh, the axle plates. For anybody yes. that. Uh, hasn't seen one if you google just amen save your frame you'll see it but yeah because so it just goes up and down (laughs) and uh, i've never ridden one but just having just looking at it it literally is designed exactly like a pogo stick would be we're just gonna fucking bounce up and down until it stops having enough energy to do so so
3: exactly yes yes so as long as you don't bottom and bottom it out i mean when you bottom it out those springs go solid it fucking hurts um but as long as you're not too overloaded, uh, Canon Spring told me they'll wind me a Progressive Spring set for that for like 116 bucks. Shit. Damn. You, so you can set it up for yourself. You tell them what rate you need it at, and they'll set it up for you. Wow. Um, so I have bottomed it out, but I will tell you, I've rode that bike 3,000 miles, and I had my 2,000 um, FLH, my, my dresser. Yep. And... I'll ride that Yamaha any day over that bitch long long distance. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's way more comfortable.
2: With the with that frame, that Amen Savior frame, or is it yes. in a different frame now?
3: Yeah, suspension-wise, I'll ride the hell out of that bike.
2: Damn. Yeah, so I, they... I
3: rode it two up on that same trip my wife went with me a couple years ago, and we took that same bike riding it two up with double the camping gear, and we were still cool with it.
2: Wow. That's saying something, right there.
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. And we only had one breakdown. The sissy bar broke on the way back that, that, that trip, so she was pretty well behaved. But but before, like like I was saying, we were going through the mountains, or I was going through the mountains. I lost the air idle adjustment screw, Oh and it no. just started running like shit. I bet. So I pulled off on the side of the road, and, and where the fuck are you going to find one of those?
2: Nowhere. Um, Maybe a Yama de- Yamaha dealership, if you're nope. lucky.
3: No, <laughs> not even the most. I looked for it along the whole rest of the trip to find one. I went to several junkyards. Salvage yards couldn't find one for it. Wound up. I found, all, right there on the side of the road, I took one of those heat shrink butt connectors. Yeah, I jammed that on the end of my Phillips screwdriver, ran that bitch in there while the engine was still hot, and that fucker was running like a champ.
2: Right, because so, it'd be narrowing the, the intake of that
3: hole. Exactly. I ran that carburetor set like that for a fucking year afterwards. I never replaced it.
2: <laughs> now that's some <laughs> shit we can relate to right there. Anybody who says, if that shit ran okay, it's like, eh, fuck that. I'm yep. just gonna let that be. <laughs> I'm gonna let that yeah, be until I mean, it doesn't.
3: Yeah, I, I ran it that way for another year. I never changed it until I, I rephased it and uh, until I refaced it and put the new Oh, shit. What carburetors are those? The bikinis. The, the rock 30,
2: slides. You run like the VM34s on there?
3: Yes, thank you. VM34s, yes.
2: Yep. I have those same ones on mine.
3: Yeah, they're excellent.
2: What What type of ignition are you running? You knew it, I know it had to come up because my bike has been fighting me like a motherfucker, and I keep, I'll ride it, it'll break, and then I ride it, and it'll break. And le- recently, I was riding it, everything was good and then the carb started leaking, I fixed the float level, and then all of a sudden wouldn't start back up. And I'm thinking it's the ignition, so I'm curious to know what you're running and whether you've ever had any ignition problems with it.
3: Um, PAMCO is what I'm running. Um, yes, I have had problems with it. You should probably use Loctite on those 10 millimeter bolts on the end.
2: Yeah, I don't um, have Loctite on those bolts, so maybe that's what ye- the problem is.
3: Yeah, I've had that shit fly apart on me mid-ride. That was fun.
2: Oh, no. Are you yeah, talking about yeah. the one, like the act the um, advanced rod, the mechanical advanced rod that goes all yes, the right way through? Yes, the
3: advanced rod. So I wound up having to do a makeshift pin because that fucker went flying into God knows where. I I wound up getting a makeshift pin, putting that in there, got it buttoned up, got it back home, and then I took it off and made sure I cleaned everything good and tight of that shit again.
2: There you go. Yeah, I remember cool. hearing horror stories about that that pin, and I actually had to shave it down quite a bit to get the, the Pamco to fit. That little uh, that little key pin that holds it in place. Oh it, yeah, uh, It was yes. too tight. It, it didn't didn't clear it, and I kept shaving it down, putting it in a vise, shaving it down, and I was like, Jesus Christ, there's not going to be any pin left if I have to grind this anymore. But uh, finally got it low enough. So that maybe that's something I. Uh, you have you ever had an ignition go bad on you?
3: Yes. Um, usually the two wires, the leads that go into it, yep. right there where they connect to the board, burn up. Or, or they don't burn up, they break. No, I've, I've had good luck resoldering them, but the resistors on them also break. Uh, they burn up.
2: And where are those?
3: It's on that um, electronics panel on the pickup side.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
3: yeah. I actually have a friend that if you have a burnt-up ignition mail it to me. I mail it to him. He brings it back to me and he charges you like 50 bucks. And
2: oh my God. This is the thing I've been needing to God. hear from someone. Holy shit. It's been like three weeks, dude. You're getting a package in the mail. I have an ignition that definitely has this problem. I need to get back on the road and I'm so happy this came up.
3: You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, my little friend, man, he's, he hooks me up with that. Um, it's been forever. I finally got one in a unit. I traded a customer for yep. his bad unit, um, put it in, and he's had good luck with it. It's running running good.
2: That's fantastic.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. And he's cheap, man. He's like, yeah, fifty bucks.
2: That's that's very reasonable for something well, like yeah. that. And when you compare yeah. it to modern bikes, what an ignition would cost on uh, any other bike, yeah, you'd be paying. Three, three figures. It feels weird to call it three figures. Oh, man. Just say hundreds, <laughs> right. but yeah. You'd be paying three figures. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus yeah. has no well, three figures. Well, I yes,
3: guess it is. It's, I guess it's pretty hard to get a hold of Danco. Of I mean, I'm not trying to down the man, but the step, I guess it's kind of hard to get him to re- okay. replace stuff and, and that.
2: Yeah, I haven't I haven't even reached out to him on it. Some people have said that um, it's been good and that he replaced it, and then... Other people, similar story to what you're saying. And uh, at this point, having owned it for two years, I've been building this bike so goddamn long. I ordered, it was one of the first things I ordered. I've been working on this bike for three years now. So I was kind of like writing off the idea of there ever being like, oh, I'll send it back to him. He's like, you ordered this three years ago. This this is clearly your fault at this point. So I was just looking for another option, you know. Yeah, most,
3: most guys in the industry are pretty cool though, man. If you reach out to them and tell them what's going on, you know, they'll, they're generally pretty cool, you know. Um, most of them stand behind their stuff.
2: Yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, you've been talking with CP, and he's been singing your praises. We've all been singing your praises as far as what your stuff, what you've got out there. So can we transition a little bit here into how you got from somebody working on your own bike, riding bikes, to what you're doing now
3: um, actually what really started this stuff the catalyst for this was I, I befriended um, Hugh Owens from, from Hugh's hand built and, and God don't ask me how he ever thought I was uh, I don't know he just kind of took to me <laughs> so you know and Hugh just doesn't friend anybody so right. I actually rode down to the smoke out and I seen him there and I asked him, dude, can you sign my manual? And he's like, Man, I ain't no rock star, but he humored me anyways, and he signed my fucking factory manual for my XF.
2: <laughs> there you go. I <laughs> so love it. We,
3: yeah, so we were kind of like friends from then, you know, and you know, and he gave me his number and he's like, Don't abuse it, dude. And I'm like, Okay. So, you know, a couple years had passed, and he's like, Look, dude, um, when he started vapor hunting, he was like, Look, bring your engines down, you and your wives. We'll vapor hone them and rephase the crank and cam. And I'm like, seriously? He's like, yeah, yeah, come on down. So I did. I drove ten hours down to uh, North Carolina to go hang out with you for the weekend.
2: Damn! And so that's the that's that two seventy seven degree <coughs> rephase. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm. There's more than one. Right. It's not just that. You could do multiple degree rephases. Or am I mistaken there?
3: Triumph. You can do it to a Triumph. An old one, the T100s, I believe.
2: So what's the – because this is something that I, – when I was first building the bike, I remember looking at it and kind of writing it off as like, right now I'm just trying to get some shit to run, but but it, it was – I didn't quite understand what the benefit was. Do you understand it to a level where you could explain it to people that are listening to this, like in, in layman's terms where they
3: can yeah, get the yeah, takeaway? They- the, the rephasing process, you know, you have your naysayers and you have your, your people that really, really love it. And I feel that it reduces vibrations um, and you get your RPMs quicker. It, it will not give you one more single horsepower. It won't. But that torque, pan, that torque band is from the very bottom all the way to the top. It just fucking pulls.
2: And see, that, yeah, that's the type of thing that it's hard, it's hard to quantify. It's hard to put the number behind it, but that fucking seat to the pants gauge, you know? It's like, how do you measure it, but you feel it?
3: Right. Well, some work has been done with that, and, and I do know that I plan on taking a 360 engine and only only rephasing it, and I mean not changing anything that I don't absolutely have to. The head gasket, Yes. taking the stock cam the whole thing and um, actually Hugh has my dyno he's going to bring it up here for me when he gets some time and I plan on putting that in a bike running it through it's paces rebuilding it as in rephasing it and putting it back on and and getting a torque reading and a horsepower reading
2: because that will be the test yeah if you could get a different torque reading
3: that will be the test yes Mm. and the proof is in the dyno but I, I honestly, I'm not going to change jets and the carbs. I'm not going to change the exhaust. I'm not going to touch the fucking dowels. None, Nothing. Only thing that's going to change is the engine configuration and the cam.
2: The community will owe a lot to you for doing this test because that's a whole lot of fucking work to go through, leaving all those other parts alone just for the yeah, sake of consistency.
3: It, yeah, well, it, it needs to be proven. You know, and some hard facts I, I do know that information is out there that does support that um, I do know that there is, is such a thing that does exist but I haven't done it for myself so, so that I want to see for myself
2: well hey I respect the shit out of that too many people on the internet want to tell you what's what having thought about it for five minutes and it's rare to see somebody that says you know what I'm going to test it I'm going to get the numbers and report back to you so thank you for being one of the good guys <laughs>
3: I appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, so. So that being said, back to Hugh. When when I did the the uh, vapor honing on my engines. Yeah. I and I I'd talked to him. I said, Hugh, man, I don't know how I've ever rebuilt an engine without this. I I have to have this in my life. So. <laughs> so I asked him. I said, Look, man, is it going to bother you if? You know, if I get a vapor honing machine and, and clean up my old used parts, because I, I had a whole pile of excess parts. And I was like, you know, that's all I want to do is just um, just do these parts, clean clean used parts. And that's it. And he's like, dude, knock yourself out. You ain't going to bug me. So so I did. And, and at that time, I was still working for the railroad. We just moved into this new house. Um, we moved out in the country, finally, from the suburbs. And I got a shop. It's like 24 by 36. And I told the wife, oh, this is the biggest shop I've ever had and it'll be all I ever need.
2: Um, <laughs> Famous last words, right?
3: That has been determined to be a lie. Yes. <laughs> 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 so, so I'm still working at the railroad. So I work nights on purpose because, you know, I can get a little nap out there and I get an early quit and, you know, and I'm back here so I can think about everything that I want to do, get it all laid out at night when I'm working and then come home and work for four, five, six hours on it and then bet to bet I go and do it again
2: damn burning it at both ends though does that leave you pretty wiped out
3: yes yes it does I usually when doing that I would run hard just like (laughs) on my off days were Thursday Friday yeah I would come home I'd get an hour nap and then I'd just bust ass all day and then the next day fuck (laughs) yeah it was was rough but uh, um but my so I was doing that and that's kind of when my business had gotten started and I was just selling used parts well then you know you're selling used parts like oh well, can you do this for me and I um, one of the customers I was talking to I'm like he wanted a frame and I'm like I don't have a frame jade but if you buy the frame jade and get it sent here to me I'll do your frame and he was like okay sounds good so that's kind of how the framework started Damn. Um yeah so I, I jumped in on that and and that went pretty well. I did like a single down tube conversion on this XS, and it turned out real nice.
2: Um, so where did you – sorry to interrupt the, the story here, but where did you get the skill set to say, I'm just okay, I've, I've got the frame jig. Now I'm just going to work out a single down tube frame for this bike. Because I think we have a lot of people that listen that are not – ready to tackle that kind of project can you kind of take <laughs> yes. us through give, give us the, the intermediary steps between A and B on those two things
3: um, well really I had, done, I had done fab work in the, in the foundries and in the, in the maintenance so I'd done welding, I had to teach myself how to weld because in Elkhart those assholes wouldn't teach you it was job security so they could show up drunk and high and they went not get fired because they needed a welder. Right. So I had to teach myself. So I bought myself a Four Knees welding manual and went to it and went through every fucking step in that book. Damn. Um, stick welding. Oh, so you're and stick welding I
2: did, this frame.
3: Um, well, I, I did do stick welding at that, you know, in the foundries and that and the, and the machining or the uh, maintenance industry. And then they got me into MIG welding and and I liked the MIG but and aluminum MIG that was pretty good too but I'd never TIG welded before so sometime in between I knew that I had to learn how to MIG weld so I just taught myself how to MIG weld or I'm sorry TIG weld
2: oh I was going to say I'm like what did you say I got to pull this trigger
3: (laughs) 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 taught myself how to MIG weld you know (laughs) yeah I I had to teach myself how to TIG weld that is much more difficult so I just sat down and started practicing on stuff yep And, you know, you put something in the vice and you beat the shit out of it and your well better not break. Your tubing better break or you better break your vice off your table. Right. And that's kind of how I got the confidence to say, OK, yeah, I can do your frame.
2: And so you're doing that at home with a, mach- with a personal machine. You bought
3: a TIG yes. welding machine for your house. Yes. Yeah, I had a personal TIG welder at my home. So I have like a real cheap one. I was just um, going to
2: dive into what you bought because I know this guy. the guys that are listening to this podcast are the ones that are going to want to know, oh, shit. Well, what kind of what kind of machine should I be getting at home?
3: Oh, right. Yeah. I had this one. It was – man, it was like a cheap Chinese one and I think it was maybe Century?
2: Could be. I know they, they come they, – those names, I know they pop up and then they disappear. I think ASAB is the one that, that's all the rage right now as far as Chinese – uh, manufactured machines are concerned and everlast, but uh, yeah. So, well, so it wasn't like a Lincoln or a Miller.
3: No, no, no. It was a cheap Chinese one. I think it was green or yellow cased. I can't even remember.
2: Yes. Yeah, um, so I yeah, started the, with the yellow but, case one. That's definitely that's they're still around. I, literally, I think it's ASAB or ESAB. But so you got the yellow one. Off to the races so I, with it.
3: Yeah. So I had that cheap one that I started with, and luckily my wife is so awesome. Because I kept telling them, like, babe, I need a Miller or a Lincoln. I need something quality. Because this scratch start just sucks.
2: Oh, with scratch um, start only?
3: Yeah. I had no high frequency, no pulse, no nothing. This was oh, bare bones, tiny shit, man. So it's
2: basically a stick welder <laughs> with a tick torch hooked to it.
3: Yes, basically.
2: All intents and purposes. Fuck
3: okay. Yeah. Yeah, and the gas. Ooh, yeah, kind of gas. yeah,
2: it's right. You yeah. got the shielding gas. It, it,
3: it <laughs> just, yeah. yep. just
2: striking it like a like a stick electrode. That's <laughs> fucking. Yeah, that's what we I, when I worked with the union for a little while, and that's all we did in the field because because you had to have a fucking lead that ran three stories up, and that was the easiest way to do it. You know, you're not gonna be able to use a high frequency machine out there. But uh, right, <laughs> it's funny to hear that. You were doing much more precise work with it, which I think is a testament to your skill level. That's like even without relying on high frequency, you're just fucking knocking it out with the same type of shit that people would use in the field.
3: Yeah, I I was doing like I was doing smaller stuff on my own personal, um, you know, just doing like tabs and stuff like that, and and I was getting it pretty decent. Um, and, and it's just practice; it really is. You have to practice this shit. Just, just stay with it. You just have to. You got to put the hours in, man. Of course. Uh, and then, you know, thank God my wife is so awesome because I kept telling her I was like, I really needed a Miller with a high frequency start and some like pulse and some shit like that. Well, we were at the chop off with at Pandemoniums.
2: Yeah, Dan, right?
3: And my wife was chatting up um, Austin from Austin Martin Originals. And she said, my husband keeps bothering me about this miller. Why should he upgrade? So he laid it out to her, like all the benefits of it and that stuff. And when he came home, she sat there right promptly and said, here's the card. Go take your ass over to Webstar and order yourself a new miller.
2: Damn. Yes, life material. Can,
3: like, do the slow clap right now. <laughs> That's right. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to give me a slow clap, go for it. Because, man, my wife is just awesome.
2: That is... That's it's true love right there. I don't know if she knows how much those cost when she said that, but hey, she said it, so at least you're, <laughs> you're good to go. Yep.
3: So she knew how much it cost. She knew. She did. She does not care. She said, "Go get it. That's going to up your game." I said, "Hell yeah, it's going to up my game." Now, now that she knew why, thank you, Austin Martin, for that. Um, I wound up with a new Miller in my shop.
2: That is fucking. What, which one did you get? If you don't mind me asking.
3: Uh, the SynchroWave. wave. Um, yeah.
2: What
3: was it the 200? I think Synchro wave or the 210.
2: Yeah, 210. They, they made 210 and a 280. But yeah, uh,
3: 210. 210 synchro wave. Yes.
2: That's what I um, use at work. I use that exact machine at work, and it's fucking phenomenal.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, it is, man. I was laying down miles of beads after that, man. I was like, fuck yeah, this is the jam.
2: Right? Does um, it have the wireless pedal?
3: I did not get the wireless pedal. I still have the cord.
2: I mean, for yeah, if it's not a huge shop, it's not a huge hindrance. Yeah, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, I'm just everything's right there on my weld table, so I I fab myself up a weld table with some slots in it and stuff. Yep. And that way, I could like move clamps around and and what have you, and different fixtures and and fixture different things. So uh, it's pretty versatile. I kind of hope to see it go. I might I might be using it for a packing table now. Um, just, <laughs> well, just because things have changed with with acquiring VD vintage. So, you know, th- things have changed in that aspect.
2: And that is huge. So take us through that, how that came about um, and what it means for you now.
3: Yeah. So, well, I mean, back, back to starting my own shop, um, going full time with it was, was due to my Blackhearted Bitch XS. I was trying to leave for a ride after that rephase. Yep. and I fucked up the timing. I had a cam. And it was drilled all the way through, you know, for the pins for your timing on the Advancer. Yep. Well, it was 180 off, so...
2: Oh, shit.
3: Yeah, because it was drilled all the way through instead of on one side, so the side I put it in was fucking wrong. I'm trying to kickstart this bitch, and it backfired, so when it tried to throw me over, it didn't do that, because, you know, thank God I'm fat, so...
2: I was going to say, yeah, this motor doesn't really... I'd be surprised if it threw you all the way over. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a 750 big boy, right, with a shell cam, so that bitch, it wanted to fire, it it tried to throw me over, but thank God I'm fat, and it just snapped my Achilles tendon. Oh, Um, Jesus. Oh, yeah, 100% snap man. Fuck me. (sighs) Laid me out. Um, Vacation over. Fuck. Yeah, so I missed the long road that year, and then I was put off work. Well, I was working for the railroad, and, you know, so I'm off now. And I told the wife, I'm like, "Um, I need to make some money, so we're going to be out here in the shop. And they never hired me back. They kind of fired me. Um, Yeah, they kind of fired me, which was some bullshit. I'm fighting that right now, but it's been three years. The railroad fired you? Yeah, yeah, they fired me, yeah, because I didn't give them uh, a, you know what, I probably shouldn't even say because I have a lawsuit against them.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. so we don't want to get going? you. We don't want to get you in trouble there.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my attorney has actually advised me not to say anything. But he's but sitting anyhow, next finding, to you right I, now. <laughs> I, I, don't say. <laughs> it. Yeah, I don't want to blow my case here. So yeah, I'm legally <laughs> fighting to get my job back at the railroad. Um, but I've been living out here doing my thing in the shop. So cool things have been happening, you know. Um, Dan from Pandemonium has yep. given me a ton of support. I I can't say enough about the guy and hugh owens also has just been great um you know and i've built a relationship with gary who's over at who's racing because you know that's where you want to get your je pistons for 700 kids at
2: that's who i got my carbs from
1: yeah yep and your carbs yes so i've
3: done a couple engine rebuilds for customers too um during this time with the vapor on it.
2: <laughs> so and how is that how has that been
3: it's been good. I do like the vapor honing. Yeah, it's been good. Um, had a couple nice builds out there. You know, good reliable excesses. Re-phased in 700 kits and cams and all that. So, you know, they. I do like to hear them on the bench when I fire them up for the first time.
2: Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Those, yeah, and yeah, so, the vapor honing. Yes. I've uh, not, I, this might be my own ignorance here, but I've not heard of exactly what that process entails.
3: Okay, yeah. Um, Vapor honing, a lot of guys just get their stuff sandblasted, right? Yeah. Sandblasting the media is sharp, and it's rather large. And and it's dry. So vapor honing is a technology that was developed by Rolls-Royce back in the 50s. And it was their aeronautics division, Mm-hmm. So they would clean their airplane parts, their jet engines, with that to inspect it.
2: So they're spraying a media onto it instead of blasting a media?
3: Well, it's, it's a water slurry. And the, the media that's used is very, very tiny. It's ceramic, and it feels like soda, like in your soda blasters. So when you're running this, you're only running it like 60 PSI max. And huh. when the water slurry and the media hits the substrate, it's cushioned, so you don't disintegrate your your ceramic, and you don't overly um, take material away from your um, substrate.
2: So it's just like a ver- its like a super light touch. Yes, yes, it
3: yes, it, peens, it actually peens the surface of the aluminum, knocking out the oxidation and the grossness.
2: Yep,
3: and. It peens it over and cleans it. It also seals it, so it inhibits corrosion in the future. So after your parts are all clean, you just spray it down with a little bit of silicone, um, like WD-40 with silicone, and it stays that really nice bright color. And and eventually it'll tone down, but it does it evenly, like a nice gunmetal gray.
2: Hmm. Is this is this aluminum only?
3: Hmm. No, you can do anything in that. Man, I've done tool like plastic tool bins that are just gross and have rust and grease in them. Wow. And put those in there, like your uh, impact-resistant cases for your tools. Yeah. Yeah, you know how they get all gross, man?
2: Yeah, I've, they do. I
3: have, I have cleaned those up, and they look like factory new.
2: Huh. That's awesome.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. You can do about anything in it, you know, and if you tried to sandblast that, you would just have plastic in there.
2: Right, you just, destroy right. it. Yeah.
3: yeah. And, and the vapor honing does not destroy any mating surfaces. I can leave that on a head gasket surface all day long and it'll never hurt it.
2: Wow. That's fucking yeah. cool.
3: Yes. Pistons too. I've done pistons in it and I told the wife, I said, you know, if I was a, a man of ill moral, I could put those back in a box and sell them as a noob. And you so, damn near could. You'd have to really look at them to know that they were used.
1: So, uh...
2: <clears throat> damn, so you're So you're doing all that in-house, right? Just so I understand this correctly.
3: Yes, yes. I've been doing all this in-house. Um, my shop just kind of evolved into... Um, I traded that little lathe for a big... I sold it outright, and then I bought a 13.5 South Bend Toolmakers lathe. It is fucking pristine. Um, so I wound up adding that into the shop, and I wound up adding the vapor honing machine into the shop. Oh shit Yeah And that, that's been my only source of income For the last three years
0: So is this like Out oh. a garage At your house Or are you like Renting a property
3: Um no This is out of my house We purchased the house And, and the reason I was kind of cool with it Was because there was like A lot of deer in that area And about the country Right And And I got this big ass shop out here So it was kind of a side gig You know Until I tore my Achilles tendon right, <laughs> And it right. became my only source of income
0: So Once you've
3: the Achilles Center. You just, you like fucking I'm buying Voodoo Vintage? <laughs> oh, that, that was actually, that was three years ago when I did that. Um, okay. So, this just recently happened. So, I'm, I wound up actually gambling my retirement account. I pulled my 401k and I said, fuck it, you know what, it's not doing anything. I kind of heard it through the grapevine that Voodoo Vintage was for sale. Right. I, I looked, I kind of looked the website over and was like damn it man that's awesome and i reached out to the owner um who i didn't know at the time i just reached out to you know i just emailed Judy vintage that's and i got Dave, back a reply from that, david roy and said you know the rumor's true it's for sale here's the breakdown so i i talked to the wife and i'm like what do you think she's like fuck it it's only money let's do it right that's So awesome. <laughs> we bought the business the social media Um, You know, Facebook, Instagram, all that, and uh, some tooling. We didn't buy his lathe. It was pretty awesome, but, you know, I'm trying to haul everything back in a 24-foot trailer. Right. (laughs) And I already had an awesome lathe. So the lathe stayed, but I did pick up, you know, like the jigs and the mill and and some grinders and, and the benders, of course. Right.
0: So how long have you been actually in control of that business?
2: December 2nd. No shit. So, two days. Yes. So, this is very recent. This just happened.
3: This just happened. I just got the truck unloaded yesterday. My shop it looks like an absolute tornado just <laughs> came through there. <laughs> so, Except for my, yeah. uh,
1: my hard tail, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I I, I've only been into it literally. I just got, I unloaded this morning at eight o'clock in the morning. No, seven. Um, the guy from Alro of Steel was here, and we just unloaded $2,000 worth of material. Wow.
0: So, are you going to have to hire a few guys on now, or how you? What's your plan of attack now? Because that's a pretty big well, leap.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, the the immediate right now, my immediate concern is getting the hardtails up and running. Right. Um, I have to get those going. Going the the front ends, I'm going to have to wait a little while. I'm going to put those on hold because a they're complex.
0: Right. Yeah, I was looking and at those. I'm, those are really complex.
3: Though. Yeah, they're fairly complex. And I have to get this shit right from the laser cutter. So I'm shopping around on laser cutters right now that are going to be able to handle those and make them really nice. Right. Um, so I, But luckily, being in this area, man, I have a whole choice of laser cutters to choose from.
0: Right. So how does it work? Because I've seen that you guys make parts for pretty much fucking everything. And so you guys do like the jab stuff and sports and stuff. So how does that tie? Yeah. Do you just have like a shitload of different jigs?
3: Yes, I have a shitload of different jigs. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I have a shit ton of different jigs. So, you know, David pretty much gave this to me turnkey. So I have, you know, this this is his baby, and I'm and I really want to take care of it. So I want to get first and foremost get this up and running, right?
4: um,
3: And have everything jig fitted. It's I think the lead time right now is six to eight weeks. Yep. And I have twenty four orders waiting. In my inbox from Lowbrow, wow! Right now, yes. Damn. Um, so immediately, I want to get the hardtails going. I am going to have help. My intermediate plans are to make this run more efficiently and hire more guys.
0: Right.
3: I have I have an IT guy helping me right now with the transferring of all the uh, all the administrative stuff um, from you know the website and. And emails and such, so that we can get a system in place. And the plasma table—he's helping me set that up. And I have another young man, um, pretty ambitious fella, that is. This is right up his alley, and he wants to help. So, um, so right now I have two guys helping. me.
2: That's got to feel pretty cool, given the story you told us of you being the guy at a shop when you were younger, and now there's a young guy here at your shop in the same situation that you were in.
3: Yes, yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. definitely is.
2: That's um, awesome that you're paying it forward like that.
3: You know, um, I'm a pretty big fan of, uh, of paying it forward. Um, you know, Hugh is one of those guys Is you know, I can't say enough about him. Between him and Dan, you know, they're outstanding people, and, and pay it forward is kind of their thing. You know? Um, yeah. So they... Often they do cool stuff. They may help a fella out, and they just want you to pay it forward. That's it.
2: Definitely good people. We've uh, I think Loctite and I have both ordered stuff through Pandemonium. And I know you mean you're an excess guy, so you understand that you don't build an excess and not have something from Hughes Handbuilt on there pretty All much right. I don't know who, who else you would get it from I've got a, a PMA on mine you know I got my capacitor from him and a couple other mounts and little things like that I've there's a sticker on the back of this laptop from him he's he's definitely uh, done a lot for the the XS community and uh, yes yeah. yeah he has and you know
3: he's one of the most humble guys I know um you know, he, he never brags about his knowledge. or You guys know that just from any interaction you've had with him on the Internet or otherwise. Oh,
4: yeah. He's well, one of the it, most definitely. humble people.
3: He's just one of the most humble people that I know, and, he, and he's extremely smart. But you would, you know, you would know by looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I owed him that one. <laughs> that's
2: right. I don't know if he's listening, but if he is, Hugh, we got to get you on here, too, man. Oh, <laughs> oh that's awesome
3: yeah so uh so yeah you know i credit you with really helping me out supporting me with this and and dan with with helping me too. um just to helping. me they want to see me succeed so they've they've really been in integral in, in helping me out with this but uh but yeah my immediate plans are to get these hardtails rocking get them out i do have some help here um and I want to get that wait time down from six to eight weeks to actually having the stuff in stock, so you can order it and get it within the week. Right.
2: What do you and think has to happen for that to become a reality?
3: Well, you know, I'm I'm not going to be open to the public. Um, that, that's one of the advantages that I do have, um, because you know David had a shop there, and you know people would stop in, and. Also, he was involved with motorcycle missions, which I, I really applause, applaud him for that, but I'm not going to be involved with that, so that's going to free up, like, a lot of my time. For sure. Also, you know, so I'm just going to be out here. I'm not going to have a storefront. I'm just going to build. That's all I want to do is just build. I want to deal with customers in and out, you know, for the most part, although I do love my customers right, that I've had yeah. in the past, um, <laughs> you know, but no, it's I'm true. just not like gonna have like open shop nights where people come in and, and do things and that just eats up too much of my time.
2: It's, it's very true. And as somebody who works on a in a production environment, obviously we're not making hardtails, we're making full trailers, but uh mm-hmm. it's gotta be that way. Yeah,
3: if it, you want to keep that wait time down. Yeah. You know, when when I worked at the other bike shop, he had bikes for sale and, and I knew right away if somebody came in looking at a bike, I would go talk to them so that the owner could actually do work on the bikes because they would be there for a half hour, 45 minutes, ask me all about this bike. And then at the end, if they're like, do you finance? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 I fucking finance. We're not a bank. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you have those jack-offs come in every fucking day. Every day. You can't get shit done like that.
2: Definitely can't.
3: No, you I know, can't even imagine. Yeah so, yeah, so basically I was cock blocking for him so that he could do the work. <laughs> And, and I would go out there and waste time because, you know, it, it just helped the, the shop flow and it kept income coming.
2: Right. You no, know, I, think you, you're, you I think you're wise to do it the way you're doing it and to try to cut out some of the distractions because at the end of the day, people want their hardtail more than they want to hang out at, the, at a shop night.
3: Right, right. And, you know, and in time, I hope that I can get it where... We can't have shop nights. I would definitely have a nice little piece of property out here. I would definitely love to do a little get together. Sure. Um, much like Dan does with the, with the six fifty chop off.
2: God, I still need to get to that. My fucking bike ever ran? That's oh, fucking, fuck yeah, you
3: do need to get, get it going run off a
1: cliff.
2: Yeah, it's about <laughs> to get run off a cliff for sure. But now that we got <laughs> no, this new idea for the ignition, you know, I'm gonna mail this shit out. Hopefully. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah yeah. send me a message and just email it or yeah, uh, send we'll me a link, message and mail it to me definitely and I'll we'll for you. Yeah, i will link up yeah I actually have one ready to go it's been fixed damn
2: <laughs> so much good news all at once my head's going to explode <laughs> Sorry. no that yeah, is so. that is awesome though that you have taken on as much as you've as you taken on to uh, get things yeah, rolling
3: I, yeah um, actually when I was down there um, David took a picture of me when I was welding some stuff up and sent it to Dan or Hugh. Oh, Hugh, he sent it to Hugh. And he said, this is the face of someone that's that says, uh, what the fuck did I get myself into? <laughs> I definitely had that look on my face. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> it, was, it, it is a lot. You know what I mean? David... Man, what an amazing guy! That guy is just—he's very well versed in this. I mean, this is all his creation, and, and wow. Do you it, find it difficult he,
2: to pick that up?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick. I'm going to have to pick it up, and I don't have the experience David does. I mean, David created all this shit, right? You know, so this these are really big shoes to fill. To, to pick this up and make a go of it but and that that's my intention and I'm glad he has the faith in me that, that I can do this
2: and we have the faith in you and we're glad that you have the faith in yourself because it's it'd be a shame for that business to disappear and it's fortunate that there's people like you that are willing to say you know what drop all that shit off at my shop because I'm going to make a go of it because you keep the fucking gears moving Literally and figuratively, and we appreciate that.
3: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that too. Um, you know, but I, you know, and I have a lot of support. My my wife told me, I don't even want you handling the money. I don't even want you handling the emails. I'm going to give you a work order. We're going to put it up there, and that's what you're going to build, and that's all you got to worry about.
2: Yeah, so so <laughs> much better. That's literally that's literally my day job. That's how it goes. It's just like here's the the thing you're building today. Don't think about anything else. And it's, yeah. it literally is the only way that things can get pumped out quickly because otherwise you're just a chicken with your head cut off. You're trying to do 10 million things, you know, spread out over your workday. And I, I think you're doing the right thing to try to get yourself dialed in like that.
3: Yeah, you know, and I, I applaud David for doing it for all those years. Man, I just wow, what a work ethic, you know, because he handled it all. He did everything in that business, the ragging, the shipping, the whole shit. I don't I'm not gonna have to do any of that, God willing. (laughs) (laughs) My wife's gonna help back me up and and uh and having help here also. I'm just gonna build the shit and keep the quality there, you know that David's provided in the past, keep the quality there on the products, make sure this shit fits and works, stand behind my work and and go for it and build.
2: That is awesome, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I want to do. You know, I love my shop and I love what I do out there. And, you know, and to have the help that I'm going to have is going be, gonna to be kick-ass. So we're, you know, we're looking forward to new products um, in time, of course. Sure. And, you know, and David's still, you know, he's like, hey, man, if you need something drawn up, email me. And, you know, like, I can help you out with it. Like, fucking cool.
2: That's great that you guys have that kind of relationship going as well between the two of you. Yeah,
3: yeah, you know, he, and he's told me he's like you know, you know, I'll support you, walk you through stuff, whatever that you need, because he doesn't want to see this die either. You know, this is his baby.
2: Of course, yeah, he's got he's got some he's got quite a bit of stake in the company continuing on.
3: Right, right, you know, and he could have just you know sold me the company and said, "All right, see you, good luck." Right, he could have, but he's not that kind of guy
2: absolutely and hey we're going to do everything we can to pump the message out to everybody that's listening which is why we appreciate you taking the time it sounds like you got a million things going on but you still took the time to talk to us and we appreciate that and we're going to do our part to make sure people know what you've got going on not that we want to swamp you with a ton of work but (laughs) we definitely want (laughs) to do what we can to help you out so Please uh keep in touch with us as we go forward. We'll be reaching out to you. I'll be reaching out to you personally about the ignition stuff and so one way or another we'll be talking. But um huge thank you, dude, for taking the time to come on with us
3: tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah, no problem. You know, I I've just finished up some electrical work and uh, you know, and I wanted to do this because I, I do want to promote the company and I and I do like what you guys have going on. I've uh I listened to a few of your podcasts all the way down. That was good stuff
2: i'm glad you're digging it man
3: yeah yeah the uh i actually did catch the one you'd mentioned earlier about um what do you take with you on on the road
2: Uh, did we hit it okay you think we covered everything
3: yeah yeah i think you guys did a great job of it heck yeah
2: you don't have a five by seven tarp right (laughs) (laughs) what what was that i said you don't have one of those five by seven tarps that doesn't keep you dry right
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The tarp, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen those used before. It's pretty awesome. <laughs>
2: you gotta make do with what you got.
3: Yeah, yeah, you do. Yep. So yeah, but I did, you know, I did listen to a couple of those, and I was like, hell yeah. And my dad was with me, so that was kind of good. So we kind of had a chat back and forth about some some things that were covered.
2: Oh, that's know? awesome.
3: Yep. Yeah, and know. Uh, you know, aside from the breakdowns and stuff on the truck that I bought it, it you know, it was a pretty good trip overall. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Had another piece of shit on the way down. So, uh, what I lose? Oh, I lost my injector, my main pump on my diesel I just acquired.
2: Oh boy, it's always something, huh?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always is. Yeah. Yeah. I kept blowing the boat, blew off the, uh, off the turbo, and then um, I lost the injection pump when I was actually in Texas. Thank God. So we were in Austin when I dropped that off. So. Um. David ran us up there on Thursday night because we were leaving Saturday morning. So, or no, it was Friday. So Friday, we actually brought the truck back, hooked it up to the trailer, and started loading that bitch.
2: This is the this was taking the truck was taking the bikes.
3: Uh, the the truck that was taking the the equipment back up from.
2: Oh from yeah. The,
3: yeah, from the location of Voodoo Vintage, you talk about cutting it close, I was like, holy fuck, no stress, no stress.
2: <laughs> holy shit, yeah, right?
3: Yeah, and then we had to, you know, ride back with a truck I've only rode like 20 miles after it was fixed, so I really still do not know about it, you know? Um, but it did fine, got, got us back home, um, we left 79 degree weather, came back here in the fucking freezing cold, because, um, you know, we're over here in Illinois, I'm just south of Chicago.
2: Oh, I know. Yeah, we. I think we were yeah. all out there in a in a February trip at some point, and that mm-hmm. was frigid. Frigid. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And my wife wants to go to Mama Tried this year too, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's going to be cold, man. Fuck." <laughs> so, yeah, she wants to go run. I think she wants to watch the ice races at Mama Tried.
2: <laughs> that would be fun.
3: Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. go stand out in the fucking cold. <laughs>
2: right? Holy shit, yeah. Bundle up. Yeah. I mean, we're yep. up in New yeah, Hampshire, not, so we get it, but...
3: Yeah, it's not like I drink so I can, you know, like, down down a lot of anti-freeze out there. You that's know?
2: right, yeah. You don't have one of those fucking St. Bernard's running up with the little thing around its neck. The fucking whiskey to help keep everybody alive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Here's some going anti-freeze. off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, that's awesome! Well, hey, we're gonna to have to have you back on, man. Once you get uh, things up and running, and touch base with us on how things have been going.
3: Yeah, yeah, I look forward to it, man. Um, tomorrow, so I have, you know, I have my uh, help coming tomorrow. We're gonna to set up some stuff, pies on the table, um, getting that set up, and just trying to get the general flow. We're all kind of just talking about the general flow of bringing material in, cut it, you burr it, bend it, that sort of thing
2: right yeah finding that system getting the actual workflow down yeah
3: so we're going to try to get that down so as little steps as possible um, to get it done and get this shit knocked out and out the door
2: hell yeah man well hey like I said let us know what we can do to help and we'll keep pushing that shit out there for you
3: yep All right, man Hey, I appreciate it and uh, I guess we will talk to you here soon
2: absolutely man thank you again huge thank you for your time
3: all right, man. Thanks
2: for you guys. Take care now. You got it. All right, motherfuckers. We're back. Huge thank you to Michael, the new owner of Voodoo Vintage, for joining us, sharing some fucking tech tips and his story. We are going to jump now into a quick section about close calls, <laughs> actual falls, and superstitions. Who's got a good story? Hell Who wants yeah. to kick the shit off? Hell yeah. (laughs) What are we (laughs) starting with? Hell yeah. What are we starting with? Are we starting with superstitions? Let's talk about Gremlin Bells. Fuck a Gremlin Bell. That seems like as good a place as any to start. If you're (coughs) listening to this, you got a fucking Gremlin Bell. This section's for you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you can't buy a Gremlin Bell for yourself. That's the first superstition. So I'm motherfucking
0: anti-Gremlin Bell. Why is that?
1: Of course you are.
0: So I rode without a Gremlin Bell for a, a long time. And my dad bought one When he gave me the sports And put it on there Fucking it was a piece of shit I feel like that bitch Was defective And needed a recall Or some <laughs> shit He took
1: the bell Off his bike And just like here No it was new. It was in the package But as soon as I
0: put that bitch on Nothing but problems My car broke Gas leaking everywhere Battery huh. covers Wait. falling off Was
2: it one of those bells? You know what I'm talking about Did it have a Black and orange connotation? Fuck no <laughs> And we ain't talking about Harley's. But uh Uh
0: no. It's just a regular one. And nothing but fucking problems with that bitch. Really? So that bitch got ripped off, tossed in the wood somewhere on one twenty five. So are you superstitious about it now where like you I don't won't rock you one, won't
2: put one on. Will not fucking put one on. So you don't believe that shit that it says on like uh the side where it's like the fucking gremlin falls off and that's where potholes come from?
1: No. <laughs> That's funny Because I actually had A gremlin strapped to my bike He did That bitch was fucking this is a funny story Yeah was outrageous My uh My old lady I told her I wanted A gremlin bell For Christmas I was like I want to put one on my bike Yeah She didn't hear the word bell So she brought me This 12 inch gremlin Like from the movie
2: It's a full on stuffed animal For anybody who's wondering
1: You should see my hands Showing the side You should
2: see the gremlin's hands Did you <laughs> So s- when you sold that bike, did you sell the gremlin on it? I don't know what happened to the gremlin I think it's in some guy's garage It probably or, fell off and yeah. became a pothole
1: Probably <laughs> But no, like, I had that thing strapped to my bike for an entire season That thing was pretty gnarly
2: I remember that, you rode that thing all the way to fucking Ohio
1: Yep, that
2: thing got soaked So you believe in gremlin bells. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I have one on my bike Gremlin what, dolls What about you? I have one on there. It is the the uh, variety we were talking about. It's got that black and orange connotation. So I just remembered that and I removed it from my bike. Uh, God. Yeah. So I just do like... I don't have one on the chop, though. And that fucking shit... I don't shit, have one on any bike. That shit breaks all the time. I just do a quick... Like, I don't...
0: Right, so I'm a religious motherfucker. I don't go to church because fuck that bullshit. But... Uh, <laughs>
2: There goes a bunch more our listeners. No, I'm religious. Yeah, we got all these Christian listeners, right?
0: I'm a Help fucking, him. I'm a Catholic. Do I got we? my Bible. I pray every night. I pray before I get on my bike. That's it. I'm not like, please, Lord, don't let my bike break, because that's fucking part of it. You I say please, on, Lord, go. Amen. Let you me know. fucking make it home to my kids. That's what matters. If it breaks, who gives a fuck? If I wreck, as long as I'm coming home to my kids after, I'm all right. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's a, I put my faith in the motherfucking good Lord. Y'all need Jesus. Y'all need motherfucking Jesus.
2: Y'all do. I, I think I'm y'all. Because I feel like I'm the one that needs this fucking... All this blessings needs to be on my bike. Something my bike has the bike. so many issues. You know, you
1: can just bring it to the hill, say a prayer, push. <laughs> That's true. If it flies, it'll Good run. Lord, catch this bike if it's meant to live. Go with the old Salem witch trial shit. If it drowns, it's a witch. If it falls <laughs> off the clinch... <laughs> if it falls off the clip, it's dead.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have as far as uh, superstitions go. I have been given that one bell. I had it on that. You know, had it on the Roadstar, the Prism Head. Sorry, and uh, didn't have one on the Chop. Chop always has issues. Prism Head always runs fucking mint. I don't know if that's. I don't know if I believe in the bell, but. Well, he been been took the bell
1: off, so that bike never runs again.
0: That's true. Well, I mean, one was built in the fucking 2000s, and one was built in the 70s, so I yeah, like think that probably uh, plays a little bit of a fucking... There's a couple of different variables <laughs> at play here. No, it's all about the bell. It's, not like <laughs> it's all about
2: <laughs> two excesses with the same year, and one runs and one doesn't. But uh, as far as superstitions go with the bikes... um, I can't say that I have anything that's like weird, like people stepping up to like a, a fucking baseball mound, like undoing and redoing both fucking gloves and like I kicking their fucking feet together. I don't have any of that. Wouldn't so I you got one that
0: gotta- I always got to wear gloves because I feel like if I don't wear gloves, that's the time I'm going down. And I always, no matter what the fucking situation is, have to back my bike in because I feel like the one time I don't back it in is the time I need to beat feet. That, yeah,
2: that's more of a... I don't know if it falls under superstition, but I feel the same way. I always back the bike in. One, easier to leave quickly if you had to. Right. Two, not sure I could push that bike backwards off of some areas <laughs> that I've had to park it. That shit is way too heavy. Sometimes that happens when you're on like a fucking... What you thought was pretty flat ground, and you go to back yeah, and until you try to fucking waddle backwards. You're on the fucking tiptoes, and you oh, just yeah. have no fucking force behind your legs. You're like, what the fuck? I need to start doing leg <laughs> day, right? You're like, let me step on one patch of sand right now, and I'm going down so hard. <laughs> I
1: I hate that too when you're backing up and there is a patch of sand, and that foot gives out. And you're
2: like, fuck! I so, drove my bike that way on the way to fucking nationals. Yeah, yeah. Fucking drop. Fucking carb flew out. I went to start the bike. Carburetor blew right out of the fucking manifold. And it's funny too because fucking Fat Man Custom Motors was here looking at it, and he goes, "You don't have any, uh, any like carb supports on here." And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Oh well, your carb could fall out." And I was like, "Yeah, it does." <laughs> and he's like, "Put carb Believe supports you. on here," and I'm like. No. I'm not gonna. <laughs> now what I do, literally I shit you not when I start cuz it only happens when I'm starting the bike, I literally just put my hand over the air cleaner and I put pressure inward as I start the bike so it couldn't so blow it itself out. <laughs> yeah. And then after and then I'm just like, "Okay, now that saved me from having to make brackets." So I love it. That's my only superstition is that the carburetor might blow out, so I take that precaution every time. Makes sense. What else? What do you guys got?
0: uh Well, we can roll into falling stories since we're talking about the sand. There you go. Or close call stories. The one time I ever dropped my bike, I was literally not moving. I was just trying to back up a tiny, tiny bit. Like what you guys are saying, I stepped in the fucking little pile of sand and over it went. You got those short running. Back the shittiest legs, part so. was I just got done with probably 80 90 mile ride. So when the bike landed on me, because I didn't want it to fuck my whole bike up. Burnt the fuck Out of my calf So right through the pants And everything I was just gonna ask If you had shorts Yeah I've never ridden with shorts in my life You should try it It's the marine Your
1: superstitions Don't ride with shorts
0: Won't
2: (laughs) (laughs) Won't won't do it Won't do it What if you're like swimming And you're in a bathing suit No I'm not bringing my bike I don't swim That's outrageous 100% I don't swim I bring my kids
0: to the lake My ass is sitting on the fucking On the sand
1: I'm in the same boat as him Really?
0: Yeah Yeah. And I get a Dunkin' Donuts cup A hot Dunkin' Donuts cup Dump that coffee out, fill that bitch
2: with fireball, and just chill on the beach. Damn. Dude, I did the whole weekend at Deadbeat <laughs> with ten, 10 or 12 inch high top boots, fucking red bathing suit. Whole time. Whole time. So comfortable. You rolled the bike like that and everything. I did, yeah. It Look, probably the looked fuck? fucking ridiculous. Really? But like, did. It's just so comfortable. The whitest
0: thighs it. you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were
2: haunting the campground that that weekend for sure. <laughs> and, dude, you didn't need fucking glow sticks. The <laughs> creature's just walking around with
1: his legs. That's
0: right, showing some inner thigh. What about you guys? Any dumps, crashes? Yeah, um, I got. Pfft,
1: pfft. I got a list. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. there's a few. I, I got mean, one slip up. You guys are like I got. I don't know if we got time for this. No, when I got the <laughs> uh, the Roadstar, my first season with it, I remember I was going to see an Ironhead, and I was on my way to it to go check it out. I had taken the bike, and it started fucking downpouring as I'm on my way to go see this bike. And I'm coming off the highway because I had to stop to fucking gas up. And I'm coming off. I'm like literally about to take the exit. And as I'm crossing over the dotted white line to into the exit lane, it uh, caught the wheel. It's just like the wrong fucking time. And then the bike started fishtailing left, right, left, right. I end up going down, sliding it into like a curb. As I'm coming off the exit ramp, right. Um, it's probably like 40 when I fell, and I remember specifically I was wearing a half helmet, which was a novelty helmet, <laughs> which is probably not the best move, but I remember I hit my face on the ground, and I was like, I slid, and as I'm sliding and the bike comes to a stop, two things go through my mind. First thing was, fuck, this is going to be so expensive, to fix this bike right now. I wasn't thinking about I mean, I had insurance on it. But I was just like, oh my god. Because you look at the bike and the bars are jacked. The mirrors are broken. This was before it was a chop. So I didn't realize you didn't need everything. But um, everything was all fucking mangled. And uh, the second thing was like, I remember I hit my face on the pavement. And I was like, my face going to be fucked up. So I start touching my face. Take my gloves off. Start touching my face. No blood. No issues. Still a beautiful face. Literally miraculous. <laughs> I couldn't. I could not believe because I remember it felt like when you like fucking try to catch a baseball and you fucking miss that shit and it hit you right in the fucking mouth <laughs> I, and you're like, happening. "Oh fuck, that's so aggressive!" And I just like I could not. It literally. It was like I didn't hit my face at all. Well,
0: did you get knocked out?
2: No. No. I. I. What I did was I stood up, which is probably dumb because you're not supposed to like immediately move but my first thing was like the bike is still on and also like that embarrassment sets in and you're like wow probably look fucking retarded anybody just watched me fail to take an exit ramp so i like immediately start trying to pick the bike up but the front tire is up over the curb and the back tires Ugh. like Ugh. yeah it's like 45 against the curb so i can't lift it up because the tire is hitting the curb and some dude gets out and he's like are you okay and i'm like can you help me pick this bike up and he's like, Yeah, but so he helps me pick the bike up, we put it on the kickstand, he's like, Are you okay? And I'm just looking at the bike like, I'm gonna spend so much money fixing this bike right now. And uh, I ended up riding it away. The bars were all fucking wobbly, but I had a toolkit. <laughs> so I just tightened the fucking risers back in. Yep. And I just like limped it to a gas station and I first person I called was now my wife and I was like, hey, I just dumped the bike. Uh, it's still rideable. I think I'm going to be able to get it home. She's like, oh my God, this is going to be, this is going to be, she was thinking it was like I was going to be more injured than I realized. But, um, and the second person I called was that dude with the iron head. And I was like, you need to hold on to that shit. It was really slippery out here and I found, <laughs> and I still want to come see that bike. So don't fucking sell it to anybody. He's
0: like, it's 90 and sunny.
2: How's it slippery outside? And I'm like, yeah, we I'm coming from far away. <laughs> i'm not blowing it Uh up i swear but uh yeah that was the that was the first time i went down on the bike and i definitely learned that uh no throttle as you're crossing over any sort of dotted white line that was pretty much the only takeaway from it
1: yeah those things can turn into fucking glass in an
0: instant yeah they're either your friend or your enemy because when it's super hot it's sticky yeah. But then if it's like the slightest bit of morning dew or a sprinkle, those things are like fucking ice. Actually,
2: so when it comes to superstitions, that I guess that counts as one. It's even now, if I'm changing lanes, I will like I won't accelerate through, through a lane change. <laughs> like I will let off the throttle for the moment where I cross the the paint. Yeah. Every time. I'll let the throttle go. And then I'll get back on the throttle as soon as I'm over the paint. It's a good reason. Yeah. What about you, C P?
1: I had a close call. It was my first year riding. I was, um, I think, where's OCC in New York, Newburgh? Chopperville. Chopperville. Orange oh, County. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's in Orange County. <laughs> Actually. Anyway, so it's right. day, right? <laughs> so my dad and I had ridden out to OCC, and we we're on our way back, and I'm just I'm just hammering along. You know, I'm looking at the mountain ranges, I'm looking at the lake, and we're just. And all of a sudden, I hear my dad's brakes lock up, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" So I look over to my left, and he's like, really falling back. I'm like, "What the fuck?" So I look forward, which I should have been looking in the first place, and there's a truck right in the middle of the road. Didn't even, I locked that brake up. I actually did a stoppy, like my I could feel my back tire lifting off the ground. I was so I locked that brake (laughs) up so hard. And the guy sitting in his red truck puts his hands up, like, "What?" Like, bitch, we're on the highway. You're trying to cross it with two bikes <laughs> flying down this highway. That was the closest I've ever gotten to hitting a car. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, I, when I stopped, I was probably five feet from his door. Like, and lucky. <laughs> Dude,
2: That's crazy. Because I'd have
1: gone straight through his window. Just whoop.
0: That would have been painful.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd have been dead. Yeah. At that point. Like, the the, <coughs> the speed we were going if I'd hit his car there'd have been there'd have been nothing
0: so I had one close call when we we're heading out to Nationals Greece was uh road capping that day I was out back
2: with no rear view mirror yeah,
0: no mirrors no directionals <laughs> and I was a sergeant arms and I'm like yeah he's good to go let him run it bike was fully chopped at this point yeah so I'm in the way back and uh we're coming to a notch If you guys don't know what the fucking notch is Because you live out in the middle of fucking the country Notches in the mountains (laughs) And uh, so we're cranking around this notch And in a good size pack As we're around the corner There's construction down the bottom And we're fucking moving I don't know what the fuck happened in the group But it was a delayed (laughs) reaction in the back The two guys in the back locked their brakes up So it was like I had no choice but to lock my fucking brake up I never grabbed the front brake for the reason of what you said. Um, so I fucking did everything. I stood on that fucking rear brake. Like, literally stand on thing. I had to have skated for 100
2: feet. Dude, I heard the noise. Easily. I, like, eight rows up, I heard this, like... Because at this point, when when he's locking this shit up, if you've ever ridden in a pack like this, and this is at back when we were riding with the club, so one thing you have to understand is... Shit is it's tight. You're side Super by side. Tight. You're not like if you've gone on a ride and like at you're not your, locally or your anything. local Harley dealership and like everybody's just kind of in a pack. It's not like that. You're fuck you're peg to peg with maybe a bike's length between you and then in the next line of two in front of you. <coughs> so like when you're stopping intensely there's a hand signal for that and you send that shit back. So that people know what's coming up, because there's always going to be that slingshot effect of like the right. people in the back of the last want to get the notice. So by the time he's locking his brakes up, I'm our, I'm road captain. I'm in the front. I've already I'm already at a complete stop. So I'm sitting here in front of the construction, and then I just hear so long, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! And I'm thinking it's a car, somebody else. I and didn't like, even realize. I'm saying so. I'm skidding for so
0: fucking long. Like it felt like. Fucking twenty minutes. And like to the point where my bike is one hundred percent sideways now and I'm like almost standing up to not fall off the bike. And I remember like looking in my mirror, because I knew the truck behind me. And I'm like, please don't let this fucking dude green me. And somehow, I don't even know how, but I ended up getting the bike back straight. And as soon as I got back in a straight line I just let off the brake completely. It jerked side to side a little bit, but Ended up coming to a stop after that I didn't dump the bike I don't know how I didn't dump the bike Cause in my head I'm like It's so weird how you can like Think of all this shit during Like something like that going on Right but, Like in my head I knew like Where I was gonna jump off the bike Which way I was gonna try to roll <laughs> Try to push <laughs> the bike away from the pack And I'm glad that I didn't follow What I was thinking in my head Cause in my head I was like Throw the bike away Right But I just fucking held on to it and Luckily it didn't go down I was super pissed afterwards There Dude, was some were some discussions so At the next gas stop
1: I had to say Like isn't it crazy You know When there's something Happening on the road How fast You like Assess the situation It's crazy It's like Milliseconds And you're thinking Okay Either I'm gonna go This way This way This way mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this And like It's it's so it's gotten to a point where it's now it's instantaneous. It's a muscle uh, was it muscle memory? Yeah. So it's a reflex for us. <laughs> but I remember first getting on the bike and you run into a situation like that for the
2: first time. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <talk."> let's see. <laughs> let's see what happens. Yeah. Right? I remember that shit switched up big time too when I started running the setup I have now, without the front brake and the jockey shift of like I'm I'm looking miles ahead. Yeah. You know, when I ride. And like if somebody if somebody comes too far out from their stop sign as they're making a stop, I'm like getting that that thing where your heart just like jumps up and you're like, oh shit. And it's like it's really not that big of a deal. But because you're like hyper vigilant, because you're like, I know that this bike's not going to stop on a dime I need to pay really. You're looking. I need to pay attention, the, motherfuckers.
1: Beyond the car in front of you, to right. That car, two cars up, and you're like, oh, oh shit, their brakes on, so their brakes are going to come. Right, you right. Know, that, that's how I've always driven, and bringing that, you know, um, both my dads were truck drivers, and that's how they taught me. They're like, oh,
2: always look two or three cars ahead. Yeah. Right. That's actually saved me quite a bit of times. It is, and I know people talk about the dangers of running with no front brake, but I honestly think that. Uh, it keeps you, if you say brutally safer, honest.
1: I'll come over there and punch you in the face. No,
2: <laughs> it keeps you honest though, because a lot of people they put a lot of stake in. Like, I got these fucking this bike is like super tuned and it stops on a dime, and like I can really throw it around. And I tell you, who's never doing a hundred on a back road? Somebody without a front brake, they just wouldn't do it. It's too risky. You're never gonna ride like a complete dickhead, because the but you just you'd be overrunning your ability right. um so it keeps you honest in that way i know that we i can feel that i can feel the fingers in the emails going right now people being like it's not safer don't even try to elude to the fact that it might be safer but like if you've ridden without one you know what i'm talking about you just don't do some of the shit that you maybe did back when you had one so what about cl- close calls with vehicles
0: no, you guys had to have had something. I got two, but
1: I but. just uh, well, I just told my story.
0: yeah. He kind of so. just told his. Why don't you jump in first then? All right. So I got one that had repercussion for the driver and one that did not. So I'll do the one that did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I remember I was cranking down 495. A lot of you guys don't know what the fuck that is. But fucking main, what is it, four-lane four like, highway? Yeah,
2: 495 sounds great.
0: It's, it runs right next to 95. You motherfuckers know what that is. Chicken wreck out in CT, probably. <laughs> I don't think he's... So it's a four-lane four highway. Yeah. And uh, so I'm cranking down that in the fast lane. And this is when I first started riding, so I had my street bike. And anybody that's ever had a street bike knows, like, you're not doing 65. So I'm doing 130, going down 495. <laughs> this, is I, this
2: is what the previous story said. And
0: saying. <laughs> um So I remember like seeing this truck super far up and thinking like this dude doesn't have his load strapped down that well. And he just had like a fuckload of wood in the back of this pickup truck. And it was almost like slow motion, like this two by four just shot straight up in the air. Starts like spinning in all directions. So I'm already trying to figure out an exit plan. But I'm, like I said, I'm in the fast I doing 130 miles an hour, and I got cars all to the right of me. So it's like, you're not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> so at this point, I'm just hoping the two-by-four goes the other way. It doesn't. It lands in my lane, starts bouncing right towards me. And I remember when I took my license test to get my motorcycle, they said, if, anything, if there's ever anything in the road, stand on the pegs and try to just throttle over it. Yeah, right. So, front you know, I
1: remember that from the class.
0: I mean, it's fucking sketchy standing up on your pegs when you're doing 130 miles an hour. But I did that, rode right over the fucking 2x4, and instantly had to pull over. Pretty sure I shit myself. And I literally had to sit on the side of the road probably 15, 20 minutes, because I thought my heart was going to fucking blow out of my chest.
1: Damn. Yeah, that's how I felt on my close call. It's like, we just need to pull over right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You need a minute to, like... Zen the fuck out before you get back on that bike.
0: For sure. So, I'll go into my one real quick since I'm already here. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the other one, this one had repercussion for the driver. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm down at Plum Island. Again, you guys don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> Plum Island, baby. But there's a big four-way intersection coming onto the beach. Off the bridge? Like, over the bridge? Oh, right on the other side of the bridge. So, yeah. one... The direct traffic Has the right of way There's no stop signs On that side There's only stop signs On eat the left and the right So every time I come through A full way No matter what I slow down a little bit Just to give me A little bit of time To figure out what's going on So I'm like Slowing down a little bit Downshift This lady in a fucking I don't even know what it's Like some small yellow car Comes blasting through The stop sign Almost t-bones me In the intersection I almost dump my bike In the intersection I lock my fucking brakes up Once again And uh so I come to a complete stop Almost dump the bike off, oh, she just keeps going Doesn't even stop So then I fucking Obviously maybe in the douchebag that I am Fly up on her Going fucking super fast Down that fucking straightaway. Oh Jesus And uh So I'm revving my bike I'm like pull over and I don't know if it was a chick or a dude or what Because it just happened so fast And I see this little fucking hand Fly out the driver's side window and Flip me the bird So I'm like You fucking cunt so I fly up beside her, fucking hawk-a-loogie right on the side of her car. And so I always wanted to try this my whole life. Well, since YouTube's been around, I've seen dudes like, they'll fucking punch a mirror off the side of a car. So I'm like, this bitch is getting it. Fucking dude, I hit that mirror as hard as I could. Doesn't break. <laughs> Definitely shattered the glass out of it. Didn't break. So my fucking tip of the week here is, if you're going to fucking go balls to the wall and try to fucking smack someone's mirror off, do it open handed. <laughs> Close fist hurts like a bitch. I bet. So yeah, that was that bitch's repercussion. Hey,
2: we <laughs> gotta learn. Gotta know learn who's got today. the right way. See, I don't think I have any vehicle ones like that. No. You gotta ride harder then. I got no front brake. I ride defensively. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm the only responsible one here Come by here taking my home. front brake off. <laughs> I See,
1: 90
0: of, Kicking and screaming That's how I'm leaving 90% of the world uh, not, Yeah 90% of the time I'm a super defensive rider Yeah Always on the lookout What's going on everywhere But then there's like The times when My ADHD And like bipolar Kicking And I'm like I'm yeah, I'm fucking dying today <laughs> And it's just fucking Balls to the walls The whole fucking time I'm riding But 90% of the time I ride like Gentle
2: Yeah Actually, the only, thing, the only thing that is close to what you guys are talking about is there was like a period of two months where I was like, you know what? I'm going to split lanes. Like I'm going to like in traffic because I so people don't know. I used to have to work in fucking Boston and I live about 40 miles north of Boston. So I would sit in like two hours of traffic every day each way. <coughs> and that shit was like just monotonous. I went through a fucking clutch bearing in one season because of just like uh, stop go stop go, and I remember for like two months I was like okay I'm gonna split lanes and like I'll just like do it very slowly and this is stopped traffic what so big ass bike it's a pretty big bike yeah it's got the foot clutch it's not doesn't have the front brakes it's not so like a if lane somebody splitter. no definitely <laughs> not your ideal lane splitter but but I mean there's still plenty of fucking room, um, and I remember. Uh, Two things. One, one guy, as you can imagine, they're sitting in traffic. They're gridlocked. They're not happy. They're pissed off that you're going. And so they just, like, dude tried to pull his car. It's an old guy. This looked like uh, Clint Eastwood in, like, Gran Torino. Like, picture Ah. that. And this dude was just, he was so upset. And so he, first off, I almost dumped the bike because I got the fucking, it's not easy to come to a quick stop without the front brake. And you got the foot clutch because like you can't just put both feet down. Um, so he like cuts me off, and I like jam on the brakes and get it into neutral and stop the bike. And then he doesn't want me to fucking go around, so I just go to the other side and start going that way. He blocks me off on the other side because I was like, oh, maybe he was just trying to move over a lane. You know, maybe it was an accident type deal. Blocks me on the other side, and then I go back to the first side fake them out and then rip past them on the other side and I get I get past them he didn't have time to fucking come back over um, but it was kind of that reminder of like people will try to fuck you if they can just fucking swing the door open yeah that's I mean, what dude, I thought
1: this door was going to go to someone just opened their fucking door and that was it
2: no but you, but you definitely got to worry about it and then the <coughs> other one too and this is why I stopped doing it that one was like okay put a little bit of the fear of like People might try to fuck you over. And then the other one actually was another bike. As I was um, I was going to change lanes while sitting in traffic. And some other dude was blowing. And I'm talking like must have been going 50 between the lanes. And basically almost took my fucking handlebar out. Like it was so close that I felt the air push by my arm oh. as I was moving over. Because he was just going too fast to react to anybody that was going to be pulling out or moving to a different lane. It's a dude on a sport bike, by the way. Um, just fucking ripping through the lanes. And I'm like, if I was one more foot over, that dude would have hit me, would have fucking shattered my arm. Like, Man. I would have been fucked.
1: He'd have been fucking
2: dead. He'd have been fucking dead because he'd, he'd have been going over into a fuck the back of a car.
1: Yeah. But
2: it would have fucked my day up big time. And... Uh, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna get a new job. <laughs> stop working in Boston. <laughs> stop fucking dealing with this problem. So I would you, know, you started saying you were splitting
1: lanes. I used to deliver down in Boston, and I was like, I would never in Boston traffic because a, you can't fucking find your way around Boston, and b, they are fucking assholes down there. The vicious. They're they're rough. That's why. It, that's why B three set up their shit down there. They're like, we're not
2: dealing with the commute out.
1: Yeah,
0: and I, get I don't that.
2: blame them. Getting in or out, fucking blows. Getting I'm, around, fucking blows.
0: When I first started riding, like I said, I had a uh, street bike, and sorry to hear that. Me oh, and my God. buddies used to purposely go down into Boston on Friday nights because of the traffic, because of the fucking splitting through the lanes and the fucking breakdown lanes and all that bullshit. Yeah, would never do that now. Different times. All set. So, Gotten
1: tame in our old age.
2: That's it. Yeah. I'm good to okay. wrap it up if you guys are good. Hey. Okay. I'm good to wrap it up too. I'm fucking stoked that we had Michael join us for a little bit there. That was fucking killer. Awesome to chop up some fucking butthole puckering stories.
0: <laughs> the fucking Tide Balloon knot.
2: God. Gives me anxiety just thinking about those fucking close calls. Yeah, it though. makes your stomach feel fucking Oh, gross. it really does.
0: So That's it Reminder to you guys Today Is the last Fucking day To pre-order So get that shit done Midnight
2: tonight It's over Lowlifes The name of the game Is cut the frame Motherfuckers Yeah This is the last chance To get that hoodie in Like I said And I don't care If I'm being a dick about it Gotta draw the line Friday it. is the end. We will do more merch. It's not going to be the last thing we do, but it's going to be the last time we print this particular hoodie. So if you want one, get it while you can get it. That's it. Good to close it out? Good to close it out.
0: You got anything? I'm good. You got anything? No.
1: <laughs> 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 oh,
0: fuck. Oh, that's it. It's Friday, motherfuckers. Ride like you're not afraid to die and trust the big guy in the sky. Yeah.
4: I'm hot like a sauna, yeah. yeah. The burner is on, yeah. can't play with that money, yeah. I'm fucking with shorty, yeah. I'm loving the way that she fucking me, yeah. Ain't get no fucks, yeah. yeah. We don't get no fucks, yeah my cup, yeah. I just bought my plug, yeah. Full of the mud, yeah. Nigga full of them drugs, yeah. Feelin' real right, yeah. I'm on the same thing as Mike, yeah. Bottle of ice, yeah. I wanna beat that dough like Ike, yeah. Fuck us some yeah. Fuck us some commas, yeah. Fuck us some commas, yeah. Fuck us some yeah. Numbers, yeah. Numbers, yeah. Numbers, yeah. to a hundred thousand, hundred thousand on a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand five hundred thousand, a million dollars off money shop. Fuck us some yeah and fuck up the gummies, yeah, and fuck up some yeah. And fuck up the gummies, yeah, yeah, yeah. $40,000 to $100,000, yeah. $100,000, $100,000, yeah. $500,000 yeah. A million dollars out of money, shine. Yeah. She the first 48 hours, yeah. round 22 and sleep two hours yeah. Put 24s on the new outlet, yeah. white on white light, baby powder yeah. Drop yeah. your bitch off of foot calories, yeah. might count it up and then recount it yeah. Double clubs like 22, yeah, watch yeah. down with this Gunas Jazz Give no fuck shit, we don't give no fuck shit Go fill my cup, yeah, bitch go fill my cup, yeah You heard that the slums, man? I'm cool with the convicts They cool like A-con Fuck out the bomb shit Fuck out some promise, Fuck out some comments, yeah Fuck out some promise, yeah Fuck out some promise, yeah Five yeah. yeah. thousand to a hundred thousand Hundred thousand, no, no, hundred thousand Three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand A hundred thousand. Three hundred of y'all, have a mind of shaw Get it, get it, run it, get it, get it, admit it, get it, fit it, fit it, fit it, bob, read See go, throw that money in the air Watch it, fly sit yeah. fly Hurry yeah. boss Rent, need it, auto boss All the floor, yeah, 80 on the watch, yeah Can't yeah, sir can yeah, yeah, yeah I should, oh, yeah I should, break it off, oh, yeah Break it off, oh, yeah Made myself a boss, yeah Let's fuck up some Let's fuck some yeah Let's fuck up some us fuck yeah Let's some, some, some comers, yeah, yeah. Five thousand to a hundred thousand Hundred down, none of the top, you have a down by a hundred time, no, no, a, hey, a million dollars have a man You get no four shit, we don't get no fox, yeah. You get no force shit, we don't get no fox yeah 40, forty hundred hundred down so to 10,0, 10 down, none, 30, 50,0 million have a money shot, have a money shower yeah, oh. Let's have a money shower right now Oh, let's have a money shower right now Let's go Let's have a money shower right now, let a money shower, oh-oh, oh-oh Put a hundred thousand, hundred
1: thousand